0: One, two, three.
1: Welcome to Three Song Stories, the show that uses song stories, which we define as songs that will automatically revive memories to get our guests to open up about themselves. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Connery. Our guest this week is Cameron Cole. Cameron grew up right here in Estero, Florida, and is a voice major at Florida Gulf Coast University, focusing on classical music. She also studies music theater and jazz vocal technique, and is planning to get her master's in vocal pedagogy. Cameron is the premier secretary of the newly founded Register Student Organization at FGCU called Coalition of Collegiate Musicians of Color. The club's main focus is to create a safe space for young college students to share their experiences and find peers to learn how to create their rightly deserved space within their community. She's also a member of CGO Music International's Naples-based vocal group Voices. Outside of music, Cameron manages a local kava bar called Nectar Lab, where she creates events, runs live music nights, and oversees daily operations. We met her when she was on Gulf Coast Life Arts Edition earlier this year, singing with an FGCU jazz trio live in our studio. Hey there, Cameron. How are you?
0: I'm great. How are you? I'm
1: doing very well. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, so our listeners now know what a Kava Bar is because of <laughs> Michaela. Um, she, though, buried the lead, we say in journalism, because you guys do music there, right?
0: We do, well, yes. That's,
1: that, well, let's talk about that a little bit.
0: Um, so I'm creating an event once school is back in session um, called College Night, and I will be part of the house band. Um, myself, Mason Hun, and Pepper Ke- Pepper? Piper... Kemmerer. Um, Both students at Bauer with me um, will be the house band and we're hoping to create like our own um, local jam session for like local musicians, college students. And on that night, there'll be an increased student discount uh, for students coming in when they show their student ID. Just live music, lots of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, The first time we did it, we did it to fundraise for The Coalition of Collegiate Musicians of Color, a brand new RSO out of the Bauer School of Music. Um, And we did it to fundraise for them because since we're so new, we didn't qualify for any Senate money and we need like T-shirts and buttons. So um, we were fundraising for that. Um, And should I talk about? The we'll get
1: we'll get to that okay. later because that is in my script. But <laughs> okay. so when you say you're the house band, are you guys like a band band or is this like a jazz band? It's a jazz band. Night? Is uh, that going to be the the what the draw is going to be, or are you hoping to get people like singer songwriters and everybody in
0: there? Uh, we're hoping to get everyone. Uh, we advertised it the first time as jazz night, since that's the majority of what we were playing, and we weren't really expecting people to come up and play with us. Um, and we just took the music that we were learning within jazz combo, like the class, and just played it live for everyone. And some of the songs we had never even rehearsed. We just kind of Mm. knew them all fairly well and just performed them. And it felt very much like a real jam session. Very
1: cool. Um, Have you listened to any music so far this morning?
0: This morning? I have.
1: What were you listening to?
0: I listened to Lizzie McAlpine's album, Five Seconds Flat, on the way to work this morning. The album? Yes.
1: Do you normally listen to albums?
0: I tend to. Um, it's just I just hit play on the album and go through it. Um, I'm terrible at making playlists. Okay. <laughs> I get to focus on making it perfect. Do you ever listen to any podcasts? I listen to some, not very many. I listen to um, Nicole Raffi's podcast. It's called Talk Nasty to Me. Um, and it's just kind of like a, a – like she'll come up with things to talk about and she'll just like go on a rant for a while. I listened to that at the gym, but okay, okay. not a big podcast person. Okay.
1: So um, where did you grow up and how would you describe the musical background of your childhood?
0: Um, I actually grew up in Estero. So um, right in
1: these parts. Yeah. Okay.
0: <laughs> um, my musical background, my dad was actually a DJ for like weddings and events. So I grew up with a very diverse amount of music. A lot of my influence was from my mom, though. Um, A lot of Janet Jackson, Mariah Carey, um, Savage Garden, Elton John, like a lot of those. Bruno Mars. You're wearing
1: an Elton John shirt.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love Elton John.
1: Um, What would you say if I uh, picture the earliest musical memory you can recall? What pops into your
0: head? Ooh. The earliest musical memory was actually my brother's high school graduation. He was in a band, and I was very young. My brother is much older than me. I was probably, like, five, maybe. I walked up to the band and, like, took the microphone and started just, like, doing my toddler talk into the microphone and, like, singing along to them. I actually just remember that. I forgot about that. Do you, you
1: have to remember, while well, you were young, what song they were playing? It was probably ah. just music.
0: <laughs> I think it was. I have no idea. He was really into Bon Jovi and um, Bob Marley. It was probably one of those, but I have no idea.
1: <laughs> Can you uh, remember a time when you were younger that music moved you somehow?
0: Ooh. Music moved me somehow. I'll have to think about that one for a minute. Sorry. That's okay. Actually, it's funny. I think when I was younger, one of the first times, like, music really moved me was when I watched Lemonade Mouth on Disney Channel.
2: Oh, I I remember that. Oh, my God. That's a trip. Yeah.
0: I always loved, like, the shows about being in a band or, like, being a musician. And that movie was also, like, a lot about friendship and, like, making music with friends. And I think that is what really, like, one of the moments that really made me want to pursue music and, like be a singer-songwriter, uh, be, a, like, just a musician in general, huh. now that I think about it.
1: Um, were you always singing as a kid?
0: Yeah. I always, like, my first time in choir was in fourth grade, but before that I loved singing. Um, I was just always, like, an art kid. I drew a lot. I was in musicals in elementary school. So singing was always, like, I was always drawn to it.
1: Were you a family of singers? Were you a family of musicians?
0: Actually, no. Um My mom and dad, like, love music, but they weren't musicians themselves. Um, My brother was a musician, but definitely not a family of musicians at all.
1: Is it just the one brother?
0: I have two brothers um, and a sister.
1: Did you influence their musical tastes or vice versa?
0: Vice versa. I'm the youngest by um, 10 years, so they definitely influenced a lot. Um, One brother was, like, hard rock. My sister was, like, emo music, music. my other brother was, like, the classics, so I have, like, a very mixed uh, genre of music that I listen to.
1: Did you or do you play musical instruments?
0: I know a little bit of piano, and I want to get back into learning guitar again, but I haven't touched it in a while.
1: How far did you get?
0: Not very. I took guitar lessons in fifth and sixth grade but my teacher was awful so it made me not want to play it anymore
1: (laughs) my daughter had that exact same experience but then later like you know when she was you know like in high school she picked up a guitar herself and now she's just she loves it Mm -hmm. so yeah the wrong teacher can really yeah shoot you down Uh, what was the first band or musician or artist that really got your attention
0: Ooh, the first one i think the first time i had a favorite band it was all time low I think that was the first time I, like, this was my favorite musician. Um, And, like, I had that as a conscious thought. Um, I was emo growing up, for sure. And their music, I just felt like I related to it a lot. And it was really catchy. And I liked the sound of the singer, uh, Alex. I forgot his last name. Um, I loved the sound of his voice. And I'm really drawn to, like, deeper, like, male voices I tend to be. So that's definitely like the first time I was like, that's my favorite artist right now.
1: What's the uh, artist or musician or et cetera that's come into your life most recently?
0: Lizzie McAlpine, for sure. Um, I went to a Doty concert and she was the opener and I'd never heard of her before. And she blew me away. Like I automatically I was like, I'm going to listen to her. And she is definitely my favorite artist right now.
1: Okay, cool. It is time for your first song. Okay, uh, this is the Taylor Swift song, right? Yes. <laughs> would you like to tell a story, or would you like to listen to it?
0: I can tell the story first. Okay, go ahead. Um, so this song is actually the song I sang for my fourth grade talent show. Um, we didn't have an audition process. We just kind of signed a form and like submitted what we wanted to do, um, and they gave a, they sent our parents an email to like meet after school, and I think the drama room or something. And it turned out two other girls had also submitted that song. <laughs> so instead of like having us audition or anything, they just decided that all three of you are going to sing it at the same time oh, on the stage. That's
1: suboptimal. Yeah,
0: it's kinda, it was weird. <laughs> I remember being a little disappointed, but like I was still excited. And the day came to perform for the talent show. Is was at like the fall festival or something. And I remember my dad telling me, make sure you're at the middle mic. Like, make sure you are the one leading them. And I was like, all right. So my little nine-year-old self makes my way up to the middle mic. I, like, got there first. And I was like, yes. And I look over, and one of the other girls, the mic was, like, way above her head. And I knew how to use that type of equipment because my dad is a DJ. So I walk over to help her before the music starts. And I fix the mic, and I look over And she was standing at the middle mic. She had taken it from me.
1: You were doing something nice and she stole your (laughs) mic.
0: (laughs) I was so in shock And the music started and I did not start with them. Like I was so embarrassed. I don't know why I was so embarrassed, but I was so embarrassed at the time. And I like stopped for a second and didn't sing until like the chorus. And I think that definitely had like a bit of a lasting impact on me. Like performing, I was so mortified. I went home crying. Um, And the next year for the... The talent show, they actually had an audition, and I completely bombed it. So I remember that being like my first time performing and the first time me having like performance anxiety afterward. But I still look back at it fondly because at least like I went up and did it because. I had been so nervous to do it but at least like I still did it you know what I mean yeah yeah but I just I can't get over the way the girl looked at me after I saw her at the middle mic she like smirked at me and I was like I, I think I was older than her too I think she was <laughs> a third grader and like I was so much resentment for that moment
1: um, uh, have you ever done that song on karaoke
0: no, actually.
1: You should. You get it <laughs> I out. You I get should. it out. Okay, this is Cameron Cole's first song on today's three song stories. This is You Belong With Me by Taylor Swift from her two thousand eight album Fearless. Were you back on that stage?
3: Yeah, actually.
0: <laughs> I haven't heard that song in a while.
1: Um, you said you started singing once like the chorus came around. Did you get into it? Did you like perform once you realized that you had to just deal with what was happening?
0: I think so. I think I just – I think I blacked out probably. That's what I tend to do when I perform, especially if I'm really nervous. I black out and I just kind of let what happens happens. Um, So probably.
1: Meaning you do it, but then you don't remember having done it?
0: exactly. I'm like I don't remember if I made a mistake there or – anything like that if i'm like really nervous but
1: was it you and two other girls? Yeah. Were you were there was there kind of dancing going on or
0: Probably just like little fourth grade dancing. <laughs> you don't even know. Just you just like playing around probably. <laughs> yeah, i don't remember Were you a
1: Taylor Swift fan or was that just cuz that song was everywhere?
0: Um a little bit of both. I'm not like the biggest swifty <laughs> but Um, I definitely, like, appreciate her music a lot, so... But that song, I remember when it came on the radio for the first time, I was immediately obsessed with it. I don't know what it was about it, but it, like... I, I think sick. it's because
1: it was created by an algorithm to be perfectly catchy.
0: Probably. <laughs> She's a great songwriter, too. I know.
1: I'm not taking anything oh, away no, from Taylor yeah. Swift. <laughs> and just real quick aside, um, this is the 240th episode that we've recorded. Oh, wow. And the very first song in the very first episode that we recorded was that song.
0: Are you kidding? And it's the
1: th- only the first time it's been back. So after That's all this crazy. Time,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking about when I forgot to take your picture. <laughs>
0: um,
1: uh, so you said you were an emo kid. Yes. That, doesn't really jive with swifty.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so at what point
1: did the pivot happen?
0: Probably around middle school. Yeah. Um I started my brother moved back in for a little bit while he I think he was going back to school. Um and at the time he was like well graduated. Um my younger brother uh-huh. who's still older than me. Right. Um he moved back in and he introduced me like Avenged Sevenfold and like those harder rock bands. Um And then I got introduced to, like, My Chemical Romance and All Time Low, Panic at the Disco, all those. And that's when the shift started, definitely, like, sixth grade. Do
1: you remember the first time you went to Hot Topic?
0: Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh. Did I hit the nail on the head here? I went with my mom. (laughs) It's so – I went with my mom and I think the said brother, we would go to the mall, like, I think every weekend and get pizza and, like, shop around. And I went to Hot Topic for the first time and I was, like – blown away (laughs) i was obsessed with everything in there (laughs) (laughs) when was the last
1: time you were in hot topic
0: i took my uh (laughs) sister's kid actually like three weeks ago on a shopping trip for their birthday so actually like three weeks ago
1: (laughs) did it bring back memories
0: it's changed a lot since then it's definitely more of like a pop culture store than like a emo store but I still, I love it. I'm not so. like I know what yeah. I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> I was guessing on that kind of. Um, so in high school, were you a theater kid in high school? Were you a band kid in high school? Were you a chorus kid? All of, all
0: of the above. Yeah. Um, I was definitely only choir, only choir freshman through junior year. And then senior year, I knew, I knew, I know, whoa, senior year, I had, absolutely no clue about any music theory whatsoever because my school did not have a very good music program and I knew I wanted to go to music school so I joined concert band the beginning band and I joined um, percussion ensemble so I became a band kid my senior year and then second semester of senior year the and it was all the same teacher for choir band and orchestra she decided that all the choir students had to audition for the spring musical um, and I hadn't done a musical since middle school, and I landed the lead from auditioning for that. What so I was, was a, the show. It was actually called Back to the 80s. It was written by like a different high school in another uh, state. Okay. So, so it, it was wasn't like, like sort of like an
1: ensemble kind yeah, of like little hitting on the yeah. cultural notes. It was a and,
0: jukebox musical. So, like, Girls Just Want to Have Fun was like my main song. That, that was I your main song. Yeah. How'd you do? I think Do I did you remember? Good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I had a lot of fun. The story was a little weird; like there was a lot of plot holes. But I had a lot of fun, and we took it to. Um, there was like a local. School district like theater competition, it, they kind of like structured it like the Tonys. And I remember going to that and we got to perform on the Barber B. Mann stage. And it was like a lot of fun. Um, and I made a lot of friends and stuff. So it mm. was a lot of fun.
1: So if you grew up here in Estero, was FGCU always kind of knew where you were going to go?
0: Yeah. My mom actually went to FGCU oh. when she was pregnant with me and then after too. Um My brother was looking at it. But I wanted to go maybe to another school because I've lived here for so long But I got a full ride, so – and I've always loved FGCU since – I've been coming here since I was a little kid with my mom and, like, my siblings just walking around. And it's just such a good school and the music program is so – it's so welcoming. And, like, since it's so small, everyone knows everyone. So there's always someone to help you if you're having trouble. So I'm really glad that, like, I got the scholarship and, like, came here because, like, I've had the best experience here.
1: You're a voice major? I am. How did you get a scholarship to be voice major?
0: Uh, so I didn't get a music scholarship. Oh. I got um, Bright Futures and the Pell Grant for here. Understood. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, I actually didn't get into the music school the first time I auditioned. Oh,
1: so yeah. you, what was your major before you got in?
0: I was undecided for a semester gotcha. and then re-auditioned to start in the spring.
1: So talk about your time here at FGCU. You've kind of given a little snapshot there, said it's welcoming and everything. Yeah. But, you know, what, what, what's life been like at FGCU? So...
0: I had one semester fully on campus before the pandemic hit. I graduated high school 2019 and I had one normal semester or maybe like a semester and a half. Um, I was undeclared and then I started the music major in the spring of 2020. I had a good two months of like being in the music program, like meeting people. I wasn't taking that many music classes since it's so sequenced, like there's only some classes you can take in the fall and everything like that. Um and then spring break came, and I went to Disney. and the, we come back for a week, and they shut down everything. So it was definitely weird, like doing my voice lessons online and like meeting my teach some of my teachers for the first time online. And then now it's like back. and it was like weird having some ensembles in person and then your music theory online. and it was like it was definitely a weird transition, especially since I've I knew what it was like before. So it was definitely weird, but all my teachers are super accommodating and like I love all my professors.
1: And Brandon Robertson, director of jazz studies. Yes. The coolest guy in town. (laughs) I love
0: Professor Robertson. (laughs)
1: Um, So you were on our radio show. Yes. And you sang a song. You may have sang more than one song. I sang
0: two. Okay.
1: Well, I only got as far as the first one. Um, And we pulled that. We're going to listen to it. Is that okay with you? Yeah. (laughs) Yes? No? Maybe? okay. Yes. (laughs) Uh, This is what? Let's see. This is um, uh, Them, Their Eyes. Oh, yeah. Tell us anything about it before we hear it.
0: You know, this song, my friend Mason Hun, I love him so much. He's um, the keyboardist, that the pianist that's about to play in this clip. Um, And he could not shut up about how this song has the same melody as the Caillou theme song, like the kid show. That is
2: hilarious. I know. (laughs) What? He
0: would not – they would not shut up about it. (laughs) So now every time I hear it, I can't help but think of my friend Mason. Wow. And how annoying – he is. I love him so much.
1: <laughs> well, let's listen to it. I don't know the Caillou theme song, so I won't hear it. Maybe we'll play it afterwards. But, uh, yeah, play a little of this. Jared.
3: <laughs> I fell in love with you first time.
0: yeah <laughs> oh, I remember being so scared before that, yeah, I was so nervous. I was like shaking, chugging water. I was so scared. To do it.
1: um tell us about the coalition of collegiate musicians of color,
0: yes, yeah, so I'm the secretary of the- co- uh the coalition, and um. We're a brand new RSO. We started in. Explain
1: what RSO is
3: to us. Oh, sorry. To lead you people, <laughs>
0: uh, it's registered student organization. Okay. Um, is RSO, and we are established in 2021. And our main goal is to create a safe space for young musicians of color, like specifically at the collegiate level and specifically within classical music, jazz music, to have a safe space to talk about the issues they face and like discrimination and just like how some doors are open to others and some are locked shut and how um, we need to create a space for these musicians to be able to grow and progress and... um, and how it's a good space for allies to learn how to create those spaces and uh, issues that they might not have thought about before, especially since they don't face them every day. Um, It's a very specific organization, but it's very important to me. Um, And Daniela Pepe is the founder, and she's just so passionate about it, and they just um, had this idea in mind, and it just launched, and um, it's been great having meetings. We have discussion-based meetings, and we just, like, talk about we have guests, and we talk about, um, like, specific issues and, like, how we can solve them and, like, even things such as, like, funding programs that are predominantly not white programs. And it's just been really, like, eye-opening, and it's really – it's just a great organization to be Do you know if of. there's
1: anything like that at other universities?
0: Um, as far as I know, no. I mean, there's probably organizations that are, like, specifically, like um, – for black students or Hispanic students and stuff like that. But I don't know if it's, like, as specific as we are that I know of. I haven't found any at this moment.
1: Mm, sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Um, okay. It's time for your second song. Okay. <laughs> Anastasia. Anastasia. How do you say it? Uh,
0: Anastasia. Anastasia. Yeah.
1: Um, I have both the Broadway cast and the movie. Which one were you referring to?
0: Uh, the Broadway cast. Okay. Yeah.
1: So how do you want to proceed?
0: I can tell the story first. Okay. Um, So this theater piece, I performed for the second audition that I did for the Bauer School of Music. Um, I did not get in the first time I auditioned. I was super untrained. I had no—I had a very limited amount of knowledge of how collegiate music works. I had no classical training whatsoever, and I was auditioning for a classical school. The first time I auditioned, um, I just— I knew immediately after I finished that I wasn't going to get in. I remember crying as soon as I finished. And um, Dr. Darnell and Dr. Brown, um, the head of voice studies and the head of choral studies, respectively, um, they were so sweet and understanding of me just crying. I was like 18 years old, just crying in front of them. And I remember Dr. Darnell saying, sometimes we have bad auditions. We come back and get better and I think that's all that it took for me to think she wants me to re-audition. Um, and so I – if she's listening, thank you so much for saying that to me because I got a voice teacher. I got better. And I auditioned again in November um, with this song and a, a Italian piece, uh Sate di um which I also auditioned with the first time, but um, – I didn't want to bore people (laughs) with with (laughs) classical music but this song it like even just the subject matter really hit home for me with this particular situation because it's about like taking your past and like moving forward and like learning from it and like getting to experience new things while also learning about yourself and that's really important to me since again like I didn't get in the first time and that definitely took a huge. My confidence took a huge hit, and it took me a while to be able to say good things about myself again. I guess, like in regards to music. So, I'm very grateful for this song.
1: <laughs> How long between your not, you know, your audition that didn't work out and voice lessons?
0: Um, so the audition that didn't work out was March 2019, and then. I started voice lessons in June once my finals and everything were over and graduation was over for high school. Um, So June to November was how long I was taking voice lessons.
1: When you ended this song during your audition, did you say in your head, I killed it, or were you anxious?
0: I think I I cried again. I definitely (laughs) cried again. But of relief this time, it was more of, even if I don't get in this time, at least I tried again. and. It's over Because I was anxious for, like, six months. Like, I was just constantly thinking about re-auditioning and, like, coming up with backup plans if I didn't get in again and um, what I was going to say. And I just remember crying with relief that it was over. And I remember Dr. Darnell saying, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, this is just, like, my body reacting to, like, what just happened. I'm fine. Like, mentally I was okay, but my body had just been so tense for so long that it just, like, shut down for a second. And... I actually both times auditioned for vocal performance, which is definitely like classical emphasis. Like, if you're doing vocal performance, you likely want to be an opera singer. Um, and she suggested to me the BA, a brand new program. It was just a BA music, general degree in music, a lot more open-ended. Um, and she was like would you be interested in that and I think I said yes I just want to be a music student like I was so like over the moon and Dr. Brown like said that you've improved a lot and anytime Dr. Brown says you've improved like I feel like the best person in the world like getting compliments from him is like the most amazing feeling so it was like triumphant and I immediately called my voice teacher her name's Christy Fish she actually teaches at Cape Coral High School, she's the choral director there, and I called her and I was like, I got in, I'm going to be a BA music student, and I was just over the moon for like three days after.
3: (laughs) Well,
1: let's listen to it through that lens. This is uh, Journey to the Past from Anastasia. This is the original Broadway cast. It's Cameron Cole's second song here on Three Song Stories.
0: It makes me feel happy. It just reminds me of like where I started and where I am now. Definitely. It's very, even though it's not that long ago, it's very nostalgic. And it just like, it's a good reminder that even if you're not perfect now, you've made progress. So it's a good reminder. <laughs> when
1: was the last time you listened to it?
0: Oh, gosh. Maybe like a couple months ago, I was reviewing some of my repertoire since I'm looking at grad school soon. So just, I sang it again just to see. <laughs> How'd it
1: go? Um,
0: it went Better than how I sang it before, so that's a good thing. Perhaps another
1: audition song in the future?
0: Maybe. It's a very popular audition song, so you try to stay away from those. But it worked for Bauer since there's no musical theater program, so it's not like they hear that every day, but you want to pick more unique songs when you're auditioning.
1: We heard you sing jazz, and we've heard you sing this, which was your audition song. What is the kind of singing that you typically do at FGCU?
0: So it's a classical program. The majority –
1: But you said earlier – are you, you don't want to be an opera singer. I do it's, not. Okay. No. That was what I was inferring from <laughs> yeah. before. Okay. So
0: I didn't, since I didn't know about the BA, I auditioned for performance since I don't want to be a classroom teacher and I don't want to be a music therapist. Um, so that, I thought that was the only other option. And then BA came and I learned more about musical theater and I learned about jazz techniques. And I was very lucky to get placed with um, Carol Ann Sinita. Um She's A wonderful classical vocalist but also she is a musical theater vocalist she was the um she played maria in the asian tour of west side story like she has taken me from zero to where i am now musical theater wise and just introduced me to my mix and like how easy singing could be and um but it it translates into classical music for sure and classical music isn't necessarily the foundation for all singing but it's definitely helpful when you know like technique because you can translate it into other types of singing. But the majority of repertoire I study per semester is classical music. So foreign language too.
1: (laughs) Graduate school? Yes. To pursue more singing?
0: Yes. I'm looking to get um, a master's in vocal pedagogy actually.
1: Explain what that means. (laughs) You know, this is an NPR show, so the the percentage of people who will will know what the word pedagogy means is a little higher, but probably still not high. So
0: pedagogy (laughs) is the art of teaching. It's like how to teach people like um, methods, how to work with different types of students. I love teaching, but I don't want to teach in a classroom. I want to open my own um, private lesson studio for low-income students so they can afford to get lessons at a younger age since that, like, I couldn't afford lessons until I got a job outside, of like, once I graduated high school, and I eventually want to make it so it's, like, instruments and dan- dance lessons, too, um, but, like, my hope is to get a master's in vocal pet and, like, open my own voice studio.
1: So you don't aspire to, like, Broadway or, you know, record deal or any of that stuff? I do
0: want to continue singer-songwriting things, but um, that's definitely, like, my job like my financial stability as I work on that since I love both equally I don't think I'll want to be a stage performer um like full-time acting and singing I love it um but I also love getting tattoos and like things like that (laughs) um uh like I'd love to be in a show or two but I wouldn't want to pursue it professionally but I will like do singer songwriting and teaching for sure that'll be it for me
3: <laughs> your
1: uh, so your room your roommate Michaela past guest on this show she like wants to start a nonprofit and like use musical therapy to go to third world countries yes. and help victims of self-sex trafficking are are all of your peers as altruistic as the two of you in terms <laughs> of like I want to um, make the world a better place or are you guys outliers definitely
0: the music therapy program for sure and you know Daniela Pepe like I mentioned started the coalition and she wants to make it um and like a national organization, like creating these safe spaces for young musicians of color. Um, and like the music school, Bauer is so unique and it's so small. So, you again, you know everybody. And there's so many people that just like want to create change in the younger musicians, especially since we're getting older in this time period. Like, we're growing up in 2022, and we're just seeing all the flaws within the music community and we just want to change it. We want to make it more accessible to everyone. We want it to not be this, like, elitist thing that it is, especially classical music. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Like, especially classical music. Like, it's been so long seen as, like, a white genre, a rich white genre, and that's just, like, not matching with the time period we're in anymore. So that's, like, I think a lot of our students are very aspirational like that, for sure.
1: Well, bravo. You can <laughs> use a little v- opera term. Um, voices, V-O-Y-C-E-S. Yes. What's that?
0: That's a vocal group I'm in um, from – we operate out of CGO Music International. Um, it's run by Carl Ganieri. Um, we are a five-part vocal harmony group. Um, we do jazz. We do renditions of, like, very classical songs – like, not classical songs. We do renditions of classic songs. Like, um, he has a rendition of... Um, oh, my goodness. What is the song? I don't remember. Sorry. Um, we do jazz five-part harmony. We're doing a show. We did a show called Jazz Giants. We're doing another show called Jazz for Jesus. Um, we're doing a Valentine's Day show in February. Um we just do, like, a bunch of, like, cool songs that he arranges to fit five-part harmony.
1: Five-part harmony? That yeah. must be rich.
0: Oh, yeah. It's a lot. Of, it's hard, but it's a lot of fun, especially since I'm the alto. I always get the weird harmony. Well, I can
1: imagine, like, a barbershop quartet, and I don't <laughs> imagine you're singing barbershop quartet-type no, songs, no. but, yeah, five-part harmony, I would love to hear some of that.
0: Yeah. We, our Valentine's Day show is February 12th, if you're interested.
1: Do you just play, like, gigs, or do you compete?
0: Oh, we just play gigs as of right now. Um, okay. They took a bit of a hiatus during the pandemic, um, and then they lost some members from like going to college out of state, and that. And then I joined, so huh. we're kind of like, kind of starting refresh. So,
1: do you have uh, anything online that people could listen to?
0: Um, nothing with me in it, but I believe on CGO Music International's website there might be some recordings of like the um, older group. So
1: kind of thing you do Um, have you been to many concerts
0: actually i've only been to three
1: which are they
0: i my first concert was halsey Um, my second concert was panic at the disco and then i just went to a dodie concert in march
1: do you have any concerts on the horizon
0: i was going to see mxm tune um, but she had to cancel because her some of her band got COVID. They're supposed to reschedule, but I'm not sure when that is. So as of right now, I don't really have anything on the plan.
1: <laughs> Do you have a dream uh, act that you'd like to see live? Paramore. Yeah?
0: I want to see Paramore. They're coming in November, but it's a school day, so I don't think I could see them, but I would love to see Paramore live.
1: How about musical theater? Have you seen much?
0: Yes. I Well, not much. I saw two shows on Broadway. Um, I saw Hadestown and The Lightning Thief, a Percy Jackson musical. <laughs> on... I didn't know
1: that was a musical. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I went right before the pandemic. I saw them back to back.
1: Have you seen any here in town?
0: I saw um, The Book of Mormon at Barber Man a few years ago. That's about it.
1: You said you performed on stage there, right? Yeah. Was that like, I was up there.
0: Yeah, it was. Well, I went <laughs> We performed after, so like a year or two after I saw the Book of Mormon. So oh, it was like, so you this were like, ah, oh, this was was is where the here. Book of Mormon was. Yeah, exactly. It was very surreal. Hmm. It was crazy.
1: <laughs> what did you think of Book of Mormon?
0: It was so funny. I did you I already didn't, know it? No, I didn't. <laughs> so I was like watching it. I was like, this is hilarious. <laughs> did
1: anybody get up and leave? I don't think so. Well, I went the first time it came through town and there was at least three couples that got up. Oh, like, my Like gosh. 20 minutes in because I always figured they like had season subscriptions and they're like, let's go to the show. And then they got there and they're like,
0: what? the?" <laughs> <laughs> some people left during Hadestown. Yeah? Yeah. Because there's some like political comments in it. So some people just like got up and left. And I was like, you just paid $100 to see a Broadway show and then you're going to walk out. Because
3: hmm.
0: the performance was amazing. So I was just shocked. Like,
1: do you want to see Hamilton?
0: I saw it on Disney+. <laughs> is that um, enough? I don't think so. I would like to see it live at least once if it came. It's coming
1: back again. It is. Yeah, they just announced, well, they announced a few months ago. Oh there gosh. will be another run through the Barber B Man. Yeah,
0: I would love to go see Hamilton. Mm. I would absolutely love to.
1: Okay, it's time for your third song. Okay. This is the um, Ella Fitzgerald song. Yes. What would you like to do?
0: I'll tell the story first. Okay. Um, so this is the first song that I like. Performed jazz-wise and had a successful or semi-successful solo. We performed at FGCU Day this past semester um, in the spring. And we were outside and I was so nervous. I was so scared because of the experience I had in jazz combo the year prior. Um, I was not necessarily greeted with the most open arms by the bandmates. Um, FGCU doesn't have vocalists a lot, and that's because we are a classical school. So there aren't a lot of jazz vocalists in the program. Um, Professor Robertson was very welcoming and very encouraging of it. It wasn't the professors. It was definitely the peers that weren't the most welcoming. Um, And I had never done jazz before. I didn't know anything about it. I just want my friends in said group encouraged me to do it, and so I did it. And when I fell on my face— they didn't exactly help me up, you know. So I had this connotation in my head that I suck at jazz, and I was very scared of it. I continued doing it, and I got voice lessons from Carmen Bradford. Wonderful, she is amazing. She's the singer for the Count Basie Orchestra, and um, she's head of jazz vocal studies at San Francisco Conservatory. She is wonderful. Wow. I love her dearly. Um, but in the beginning, it was hard. You know, I didn't know what I'm doing. I didn't know what I was doing. It's a very in- like involved music style and these guys to be frank it was men in jazz that weren't like they were very encouraging to my face and then talking behind my back and it made it put in my head that I was not made for this so when I was encouraged the next year again to try it again I was I kind of did it out of spite (laughs) a little bit I was like I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna get better and you guys aren't going to improve as much as I am because I'm like putting in the work and I'm taking your words and like using them to like motivate me to get better. So you can't say anything about me. Should I let other people bother me? Probably not, but (laughs) it's over. It's done with. But then FGCU day came and some of them were in the audience. And I just remember that seeing them a little bit shocked because I like kind of knew how to solo and I knew how to scat a little bit, not that much, but like miles of improvement from the year prior. And um, Professor Robertson was so supportive the entire time, and I am so grateful for him. He made me feel so welcome in the program. He always like, he loves tough love, but like you always know he cares about you and he wants the best for you. He gives you opportunities if you want to take them. You know, like, he made it worth it, I guess. And so did my bandmates and like I did it with Michaela. Mason, as I mentioned, Piper, as I mentioned, and it was such a great experience. And I felt so good about myself after performing this song.
1: Were you totally aware of the guys in the audience? Oh,
0: 100%. Did you
1: give them any looks?
0: I tried not to because I was worried (laughs) I would get like nervous and mess up more. So I just kind of like looked away from them. But I...
2: (laughs) I'm pretty sure Uh, I was one of those. uh, I was in the audience that day. It was like the first... Concert since the pandemic if i'm not mistaken
0: uh at fgcu day or at the jazz concert
2: oh i guess i'm talking about different things at the jazz concert yeah that one
0: i no, you're okay i thought it was the same place uh that one we performed outside for fgcu day and then like i think the next week we had our actual jazz concert where i sang never will i marry which again i felt so good about myself after that song that's a hard song to solo on and i did it and i Again, it like as I said in the previous story, it's just like a reminder of like where I started and where I've, where I am now, and that I'm capable of making improvement. So, <laughs> well,
1: let's listen to this. This is uh, "Honeysuckle Rose," uh, performed here by Ella Fitzgerald, accompanied by Count Basie and his orchestra from the 1963 album Ella and Basie. It's Cameron Cole's third and final song on this week's episode, Three Song Stories.
0: Professor Robertson, actually, there were three vocalists in jazz combo total, and he sent, like, a huge Google Drive of, like, possible songs to choose from, and so we each chose, I think, six or seven, and some of them I had never heard, so I listened to it, and I immediately fell in love with this, with Ella's version, and Ella's, like, my favorite jazz singer ever, Um, so I was like, I want to do this song And it was really fun coming up with, like, my own arrangement but also taking elements from different recordings. Like, it's so rewarding, like, being in a jazz group. It's so much fun.
1: So when you – cover or reinterpret a song that has scatting in it like that are you doing what she's doing are you doing what you do there when she's doing what she's doing (laughs) um (laughs) jared's going what was (laughs) that totally not confusing i understood what you said (laughs) well i was trying to scat with my question
0: (laughs) that was pretty good you got the the rhythm to it um So transcription is super important in jazz and, like, learning the language and, like, how to phrase. But generally when you're performing, like, your own rendition of a song, you don't want to, like, do an exact. You can do quotes. I definitely quoted her a few times in my solo. Um, But like I said, I tend to block out when I'm nervous, so I don't remember exactly what I did. But you can get away with doing an exact transcription, but if you're, like, around, like, jazz people yeah, yeah, they'll so, probably know so, if, so you do, if you
1: do a little bit exactly the same it should be like an homage otherwise yeah, you and be, they'll usually
0: cheer you on for it because it's like oh you know your stuff you know but I usually try to stay away from doing like an exact I definitely quote but
1: um, do you ever like watch or listen back to you performing so you can get feedback because you can't remember it
0: I need to get better about it I hate <laughs> listening to myself I need to get better about it. I know it's so important, but it just like gives me like secondhand embarrassment.
1: (laughs) Well, it's also like sing like nobody's listening kind of too. Yeah. Because you're just like just moving on. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have any upcoming performances?
0: Um, Probably by the time this podcast airs, it'll be over. But I do have a jazz show with voices coming up um, a week from today, a Thursday. No, Friday. Not a week from today. um, July 29th. And then we have a show called Songs in the Key of Love on February 12th, our Valentine's Day show. Um, And as for that...
2: Is that like a little uh, reference to Stevie Wonder?
0: Ooh, I didn't even think about that. Songs in the
2: Key of Life? It probably is. I love that. I didn't even
0: think about that. Wow, you're so smart. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Until the semester starts, though, I don't know how many performances I'll have. Um, Definitely with choir, but solo just the college night at the, it'll be the last Friday of every month at Nectra Lab. So.
1: Where do you want to go to grad school?
0: I'm looking at Rider University. Where's that? Um, It's a school in New Jersey, but the program I'm looking at is completely online. So I can kind of move wherever I want. Um, I'm also looking at Temple University, but I'm still like in the beginning stages of my research since I have time before I graduate. I'm taking an extra semester. So, um. Those are the top two contenders right now. Do
1: you have roots in the Jersey Philly area there, or my
0: dad's from Jersey, but okay. I just looked up like <laughs> top schools for uh, vocal ped, and that one came up, and it has a high acceptance rate, so I'm not super nervous. But
1: understood. Um, you ready for a speed round? Oh sure. Uh, do you have a nickname that has stuck over the course of your life that you would be willing to share with our listeners?
0: Camera Cami are the two that have like always been around.
1: Um. We mentioned karaoke before, do you karaoke?
0: Not very often. But you have? Yeah, I've have before.
1: Do you have any TV theme songs that you know the lyrics to that you would sing for us if Jared pulled it up on oh, YouTube? Oh
0: gosh. <laughs> um,
1: Michaela didn't tip you off to this?
0: No, she said <laughs> that she sang her musical theater piece and that was a TV show.
1: TV show. It's like my favorite part. Oh gosh. It'll be funny if you choose the same one.
0: Oh, now I'm nervous. I'm trying to think. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can I get a hint if it's a Disney show or a Nick show that she? Does? I don't
1: even know what it was. on. Uh, I think it's a Netflix show. She
0: Netflix. Said.
2: Oh, it was. Um, was it new? Don't say. Don't say. Was <laughs> it the
3: new sorry. girl theme song? Maybe.
0: I, oh, <laughs> I knew it. Um, <laughs> I don't know that one. Uh, Wizards of Waverly Place or something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I need to look up the lyrics. Love though. it. <laughs>
1: That's so funny because I uh, I I just got caught up on uh, there's a new show on Hulu called Only Murders in the Building.
3: Oh yeah, and it's
1: uh, Steve Martin, Martin Short, and what's the girl in Wizards? Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez. Uh, (laughs) And uh, they're like, you know, he's a he's a, a cop. He was in a cop show in the '90s, but he's kind of washed up. And Martin Short was a. Broadway producer, and he's kind of washed up, and they form this team. They're all addicted to the same true crime podcast, and then somebody gets killed in the building, and they form a team, and they make a podcast.
0: Oh, wow. That's really funny. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Well, you know, everything's going to be a breeze, (laughs) and then they'll doubt just to find the means. (laughs) Well, you might find out it'll go to your head when you write a report on a book you never read. With the snap of your fingers, you can make your bed.
3: That's what I said. Everything is not what it seems when you can get all you wanted in your wildest dreams. You might run into trouble when you go to extremes because everything is not what
0: it seems. <laughs> oh, my face is hot. <laughs> oh,
1: and there'll be a, you have a recording of this so you oh, can no. hear back to it.
0: I don't want to listen to that
1: one. God, okay. I, that gave me like chills and no. parts of nostalgia don't. too. You know? yeah. <laughs> if you were a championship wrestler, what music would you enter to?
0: Ooh. Hmm. You know, oh my gosh, what's that one song? I'm like drawing a blank. Yeah, careful. With Thunderstruck by but ACDC. Thunderstruck by ACDC.
1: Okay. What would like, your wrestler name be?
0: Oh my God. Um, <laughs> what would my wrestler name be? I don't know. I don't really know much about wrestling, so well, I wouldn't you don't have know to how know to know
1: anything. I don't know anything about it.
0: <laughs> my wrestler name. I'm trying to think of like a play on words to my name, but I can't. Maybe the coal miner. That's my last name.
1: The coal miner. Yeah, yeah. Tara likes that. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: um, if you were a cocktail or drink of some kind, what would you be?
0: Ooh, you see, I should have a quick answer to this because I'm a I'm a bartender, but <laughs> something with passion fruit, pineapple, and strawberry. Something like that. Okay. I don't know the base of it, but definitely those flavors. (laughs) What would you name it? Ooh. Ooh, my friend came up with a good drink name. Uh, I think it was the Kamikaze or something like that. ah. I -i think that's what she said. Yeah.
2: And that that works with your name.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) If you had to guess, what song would you say is the one you've listened to the most times in your life?
0: In my life? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Probably Waitlist by All Time Low. I have a tattoo of that song, so probably that one.
1: Uh, Album that you've
2: listened to the most? Oh, my gosh. I really do love it when um the guest takes their time with this answer. Yeah. Because, you know, that means there's just a lot to go through. Yeah. Like you're
1: really thinking about it. Well, we collect it. so much data on ourselves now. We're almost at the point where you can literally look somewhere yeah, and I it could. tells you.
0: <laughs> I think <laughs> – Brand New Eyes by Paramore I've probably listened to the most, for sure.
1: Song you wish you could hear again for the first time?
0: Oh, wow. Song I wish I could listen to for the first time. Probably Erase Me by Lizzie McAlpine. That song is – and it has Jacob Collier. So that song is amazing. I wish I could hear it again.
1: Are there any songs that you'll avoid listening to because you don't want to be reminded of what they remind you of?
0: Oh, my gosh. Um... (laughs) Ooh, I just came up with a mean one. Probably Electric Love. Um, I think it's by Borns. Just some people I'm not close with anymore. Yeah.
1: You, you don't have to go into <laughs> Yeah, I won't. <laughs> if you could broadcast the song into the head of every person on the planet at once, which would you do?
0: Ooh. Sleeping on My Dreams by Jacob Collier.
1: What why what's what is it about that song?
0: It's so catchy and it's so like it immediately puts me in a good mood listening to it and like I could be having the worst day and I put it on and I hear the first like beat drop and like I feel better like it's just such like a bouncy song do
1: you have a fourth song that you almost had on your list that you had to cut that you could give us a short version of the story since it couldn't make the list
0: you know actually I had a hard time like trying to pick out stories oh okay uh, um, so you had to so, climb up to three yeah I was down. like I don't know what to talk about and I didn't want to like anytime I have a situation where I have to talk about myself, I suddenly become the least interesting person in the world and I like can't remember anything that's ever happened to me. I'm like, why can't I think of anything? So I don't think so. <laughs> no
1: fourth song. Yeah. Um, what would your 14-year-old self think of who you are today?
0: Ooh. I think she would be very pleased. Um, I think she would be happy where I am that I continue pursuing music because there was a time where I was like, should I even – do it i'm living in my own apartment i'm managing a Kaaba bar like when i said out loud wow i'm successful <laughs> um so i think she would be very pleased
1: any advice you'd like to give her in her little emo self
0: <laughs> this may sound harsh but like get over yourself you know like don't be so hard on yourself like things like even if you make mistakes like you'll get over it and no one's going to remember except you so just like keep pushing.
1: (laughs) Okay, it's time for you to recommend your three people that you'll share this with.
0: Okay, so I've mentioned some of them already. I would like to recommend Mason Hun, um, a piano major at FGCU, uh, Daniela Pepe, a vocal performance major at FGCU, and then Carl Granieri, um, the head of my vocal group that I'm in.
1: Okay. Well, when this comes out, share it with them. Make okay. them listen to it. Yes. Make <laughs> them listen to the end because they'll hear your name. you, know, you saying their <laughs> name. And, and then we'll try to get them on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay.
1: Any final thoughts? You did it.
0: Thank you for having me. <laughs>
1: We make re-song
2: stories at the studios of WGCU Public Media on the campus of Florida Gulf Coast University in Fort Myers, Florida. Mike Canary is co-creator and host. Richard Chinqui is co-creator, producer, and host. And Tara Callaghan is our online content producer and host. Audio production is by Jared, the intern, Gonzalez. And our executive producer is Chris Duffus. Our theme song was created by Dave, Dave, Dave Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. For our parting tune this week, we're handing it right back to Cameron and the FGCU Jazz Combo when they came into our studios here at WGCU when they were on Gulf Coast Life Arts Edition. This is Cameron Cole singing, G-Baby, Ain't I Good to You.
3: Bought you a fur coat for Christmas, a diamond ring, big Cadillac car, I'm talking everything. What makes me treat you? to
2: Next time on Three Song Stories. Somebody, (laughs) some higher up in the Catholic Church said this is not good, and so I was forbidden to see it.